2: Welcome to episode 117 of the Women's Running Podcast. This episode is sponsored by Sweaty Betty. I'm your host, Esther Newman, and she's your other host, Holly Taylor. In this episode, it's the morning after I've been out out. I've been to see the scummy mummies and begin this episode retelling a joke that's too rude to repeat here. After a long section on hair removal, for which I make no apology, we have a bit of chat about what we're up to. And then we decide to go back to the beginning to discuss where we've come from and where we're going. This is a little bit like one of those Insta squares where people go, ooh, I've got a million new followers, I should introduce who I am. And that's exactly what it is, without the million followers. We want to properly introduce ourselves and explain how we've got to where we've got with our running, and our lives, and how we view sport and our bodies. All of this colours what we want to do next, our goals and ambitions with running, so there are a lot of uncovered secrets and honesty in this episode about how we felt about exercise and all sorts through school, university and beyond. We end with the advice we'd give our younger selves and how we've devised our own life philosophies, which we're obviously extremely pleased about. This episode is sponsored by Sweaty Betty. Sweaty Betty are known for their best-selling power leggings, and they're so good they sell one pair every 30 seconds. It's no wonder they won Best Tights in the Women's Running Product Awards 2022. The Power Leggings are their ultimate do-it-all legging. They're great for running, walking, working out and everything in between. They really are the most versatile pair we've ever tried. So what makes them so great? The fabric is sweat-wicking, breathable and ultra-stretchy. So you'll stay cool, dry and comfy no matter how sweaty your run sesh gets. Plus, they're lightweight enough to wear all year round too. But the real reason they're a cult favourite is that they're seriously bum sculpting. We mean it. They support your stomach and then sculpt your bum so it looks perfectly peachy. What more could you want? If you want to get your hands on Sweaty Betty's number one best-selling power leggings and more award-winning products for less, don't miss their Black Friday sale. With unbeatable discounts across their whole site, it's the biggest sale of the year. So watch out for that one.
3: And oh, how yes, he would be that. addressing the missing spring roll. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, yes, I have been um, avidly following his Instagram, but hoping that Me there's too. no spoilers on it. So,
3: Yeah, same. I really panicked when I saw he'd done like a statement. I was like, is this because oh, he's yeah, I know. gone?
2: Yeah. Did you see that also that someone did dress up as Janusz for um, Halloween? Oh
3: no, I didn't. What? How lovely! What? What was the? What? What were the components of the look? Um, it was um, <laughs>
2: it was an apron, and I think that might well have just been it, actually, and a well, tight white t-shirt. All you
3: need, <laughs> it is. and a little badge that says "Star Cake" "In a Bake." Star Cake, <laughs> in bake week. Yeah. Are we rolling? We're rolling. I think we're rolling. We're okay. rolling. We're
2: already on Bake Off. <laughs> yeah.
3: Though so that uh, I. Don't know when we started rolling, but yeah. the confession was that we have not watched Bake Off from Tuesday night this no, week. We haven't. Oh, Holly, you should ask me why I haven't watched. Why Bake off haven't three. you watched it? Oh, I know. Okay, but why haven't you <laughs> watched it?
2: Well, Holly, it's interesting. You should ask me. It's because on Tuesday, which is when there is Bake Off, I was out. And not only was I out, which is a surprise because it's me and it's a Tuesday. A Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Never go out. I was out watching Scummy Mummies at Comedia in
3: Bath. Oh, I didn't know that, actually. I ah. did not know that. How lovely. I know. I saw that the Scummy Mummies were coming to Bath. How were they? Was it amazing? It was very, very funny. I was invited by Rachel Fans. So, Rach, who does
2: our interviews for the magazine. So, she'd interviewed Helen and said... You know, Helen has said, "Oh, come along, kind of thing," and then Mm. there was some random kind of uh, a random kind of um, circle of women that makes them sound awful, doesn't it? Actually, it was just a a group of women. a cover, yes. <laughs> she cackles. Um, so there were a couple of women that knew Helen and uh, from Scummy Mummies, and then I thought I'd just sort of muscle in and see. What so it was did like. you get?
3: Fr- you got free tickets? You were in the not, entourage. I did
2: not get a free ticket. I, I was okay. not firmly not in the entourage. Okay, um, but it was jolly good fun, and they were very funny. Oh, good. very funny! I love we had... to
3: see Scummy Mummies do their thing.
2: I, I will. Um, I will post. I do have a picture on. I should put post a picture up on Instagram of me, Rachel, and Helen because we grabbed her afterwards for a quick selfie. Um, but yeah, it was really funny. They were they were very rude, and I saw them a, a, a long time ago, years and years and years ago. Um, and so that yeah, they things have changed slightly since then, but it's um, it is still um, a brilliant mix of like. Ridiculous singing and stupid jokes and, um, and kind of singing right, singing Fernando, Abba's Fernando, mm-hmm. but using the word Nandos instead. Nice, like that. it's really yeah,
3: really good. And
2: there was oh, I I'd
3: fancy Nandos now. Yeah, and there was a good. There's
2: lots of filthy jokes. There was a joke about. Um, there was a joke that made us hoot and. Rachel couldn't stop laughing for a bit, actually. She had a moment. Um, and it was because Ellie made a joke about... Um, they were joking about waxing and hair removal. Mm-hmm. And Ellie talked about how she'd surprised her husband of 22 years with a, a full-over Hollywood wax. Yeah, and, and had kind of um, surprised him with, with this look. Um, and had said, basically sort of held her jogging bottoms to one side and said, get involved, go and see what that's like. To which he did (laughs) looking off to one side and then, (laughs) this is so
3: rude for this time of the morning. (laughs) Go on. I'm feeling like it's a rude one today. It is a rude one. (laughs) I've got a story locked up ready for next. You've reminded me of now. And he apparently (laughs) he said to that, it feels like feeding a horse. (laughs) (gasps) Oh my God. <laughs> I have heard from people who have full waxes that yeah. they um that when you when you wipe your ass after not not directly afterwards I suppose but when you need, next <laughs> need to that it is like it, I've tried to it, drink it, it sort of goes whoosh, <laughs> which really makes me laugh as a concept. <laughs> I've never had a full wax because I'm too embarrassed uh yeah no, I have never ever had a full wax because i'm two too embarrass. to embarrassed well last time i went and i got a i got a tash wax i was with a friend and the woman in front of everybody went oh i know you a hot full hollywood to the friend. <gasps> so I was like, well, I'm never going I'm never going for to her. I'm not going to blabber mouth waxy over here who's Oh my God. Yeah. But I was gonna tell you a I, I feel bad because this isn't my story to tell. <laughs> but I really, really want to tell you because it was so funny. Um but a, a nameless friend. She's a friend from she's a friend from school, so she's not a friend yeah. that, you know, we, we we you've you've met or anything. Okay. But I'm sure she'd just be utterly mortified that I'm telling this on the podcast. <laughs> I'll keep the details sparing Uh, (laughs) she went for her first ever wax as well a, a few months ago and um and she lives with um with two guys and she told one of them I think, you know, they, they'd, they'd said, where are you going? And she was like, oh, I'm going for a, a, a leg wax or whatever because she was bit, didn't want to disclose the full nature of the, of the waxing experience. <laughs> she got there. It sounded like the weirdest experience ever. It was a, it was a I think she'd found it on like Woucher or something. <laughs> oh, and it wasn't God. an official salon. And she got there and it was this woman's house. <gasps> and first of all, the woman kind of looked her up and down and she went, oh, I think we're about the same size. Do you, I, I'm getting rid of a few bits. Do you want to come and have a look? And made her kind of like try on <laughs> clothes and stuff. Oh my God. Second of all, she said that the other red flag was man in husband or boyfriend or whatever in the shower the whole time, like making noise, singing, washing himself, what? <laughs> or whatever, while this was going on. Then she said, was told to take her clothes off, woman wiped down the area for oh. her like she was like wiping her like a, like changing a baby's nappy or something oh my god and she was like surely this is not this isn't what what happens uh went through the whole experience she said as well that it took she was mortified because it took like 3 hours and the woman kept being like oh and was like really making a fuss about like the fact that it was like you know a bit a big project <laughs> And then my favourite part was that she got. Um, I think there was a bit more of a, of a kerfuffle as well with the clothes thing. That she was like really trying to make her buy stuff, and and my friend was like, "I don't, I don't want this." And um, and then she got home, and the housemate was that she was telling him the story, and he went, "Well, at least it wasn't a. Could have been worse. At least it wasn't a bikini wax." And she was like, "Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent." I didn't do it justice, but when she told me, I was just weeping, weeping, weeping. And we had another friend with us who does get waxes quite regularly. And she, every step of the way, she was like, no, no, that's not what should happen there. That's not normal. Oh, it was very, very silly. And it really made me
2: laugh. Oh, I just I, I, there, I just don't ever want to do that. I think there's um, a friend of mine who was always quite a, fond of uh, having a landing strip. Oh yeah. And the, um, and I never quite was...
3: got that. No offence to anyone out there with no. a landing strip, but having a, <laughs> having a, you know, like a, a decision like that where you're like, oh, it's going to be a line.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It just feels very, I don't know, oblong.
3: Anyway, yeah. So she, she, that was, that's, that was her,
2: her design of choice. But I remember her talking about having to um, be on all fours while she was having the procedure um, yeah, the procedure um, <laughs> that, that's like you know, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> absolutely not. No one wants that, do they? No. I mean, not, not me nor the person. Do- no, that's horrible, isn't it? It's very, very, you know,
3: in the right circumstances, but not there, not even then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I cannot imagine anything more. And again, please, please let us know if we mm. are very uptight women who don't who who need to just you know let go of our fears mm. but I cannot imagine anything more embarrassing than having to get on all fours and mm. display display my volve to yeah, a but, person I've uh, never uh, met it, before it,
2: yeah I think bearing in mind I don't like being hugged in public I mm. mean that's a, that's a long stretch for me and It does make me actually to bring it back to Helen from Scummy Mummies. Did you see her post um, about a month or so ago? She said that she went to also get a Tash thing done yeah and and the person that was doing it had said oh while I'm doing it shall I just do your chin hairs at the same (gasps) time
3: (laughs) and she's like "Mm." (laughs) sexy (laughs) I wouldn't want someone to do my chin hairs because when I do get the occasional chin hair I absolutely Mm. that's my time I really like (laughs) (laughs) that's my me time
2: that's your mindfulness is it yeah I like getting rid
3: of the odd stray chin hair I never sit because I've got quite fair hair and mm. I've also got fair thin hair
2: so that when they do grow uh, well the only time the only time I, I'm aware of them having grown is when Dave turns around and sees me in a certain light I don't mean in a kind of ah oh. uh, yeah I mean a- literally the sun is shining in a certain <laughs> way
3: and he thinks
2: that I've got a stray hair that's kind of fallen off my head and has attached itself somewhere so he tries to tuck it.
3: <laughs> and then you also long and wispy, long and wispy. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, no, no, it's attached. <laughs> <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> See, I get the ones occasionally. In fact, to be honest, if I'm being completely candid about it, not as often as I would like because I find them so satisfying to get rid of. But I get those ones that are like like a like a wire brush. <laughs> Like do you know those ones? Those random hairs you get that feel like maybe you don't if you've got very very thin fair mm. hair. I've got fair hair but very thick, Ooh. and I do I do so get, get the odd chin hair that is like if I if I pushed it I'd maybe pierce my skin. Oh no, I don't get those.
2: <laughs> I'm I'm more likely to have have like I I don't notice anything. I feel as I'm walking around absolutely fine, and then suddenly you're faced with a hotel mirror which has five times more magnification. Than oh, yeah. And you realise that you've spent the last five years walking around
3: effectively looking like, a bit like a bumblebee. Yeah. But
2: no one, no one said anything. Fuzzy. Because, you know, everyone's too polite. And you're just going, but, but, but.
0: Why didn't you tell me I'm a tennis ball? <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, should we talk about running?
3: Yeah. I mean,
2: <sighs> we, didn't, we needn't. But, we need yeah, they-
3: <laughs> there's not massive to say because I have to confess I was you know I was going to do my bath fit fam 5k yes how'd it go I bottled it Ugh, Holly I'm really sorry <laughs> I got too nervous to go on my own I'm going to wait till I can go with a friend because okay. I suddenly thought what if I get there and I and and everybody knows each other and I don't and I don't know anyone and I got I'm a bit not, too nervous I got a bit too nervous
2: I can understand that because actually I think it is it is a
3: smaller group. It's not like going to park run where... Exactly where it doesn't matter if you're anonymous. Mm. Yeah. I thought, what if yeah. there's like five people and they all know each other and then someone starts trying to talk to me and I'm like mega slow compared to them or...
2: Yeah. And and also to be fair, on Sunday, as I know to my cost,
3: it was pissing it down. Oh, it was so... pissing it down as mm. well. That's true. It was. Yeah. It was nasty. Was it nasty all weekend? It wasn't great from memory. Yeah, I don't think it was brilliant my memory's not great so I don't know but yeah um, I, think I did was okay on Saturday afternoon maybe I know what you did last weekend what did I do did you do a 10 mile run I did how do you know that because I because I'm an out because I'm a fan <laughs> <laughs> hey
2: hole super fan yeah I did do a 10 mile run I did which was I think I was planning to do nine and then in the end I think because of the route I was going to do it, it just ended up being 10 um and yeah, so so it was my plan. It was always my plan. So I did the bath half, mm-hmm. and then then the week after that, I was gonna. So I've just been doing my my midweek plots of like three four miles kind of mm-hmm. thing, and then at the weekend the weekend after the bath half, I did I think six, and um and then I thought I want to go back up to ten again. Yeah. Um and this is. Because it's, it's, a, it's a, a distance I quite like. Although the route is so awful. Because of rain and because of like the time of the year, I'm not doing my lovely trail runs. So um, yeah. that route that I did, that 10 mile route was horrible. I was basically doing half of the bath, half, but the other way around. And then a tiny bit on the towpath. And it was just so boring and I know. crap. And, I've got and to it
3: confess, was, that's probably more down. my, that's my stomping ground.
2: Yeah, I just, it's just not yeah, fun. It's, it's not, just not great.
3: Fun. It's fine for clocking up the mileage if you just mm. if you can't be bothered to think about it and you just want to listen to a podcast or something. Yeah, but it's not nice, is it? No, it's not
2: something that I. I mean, I looked forward to the time because I was doing audio books, um, and and I, so and, and getting away from the kids. Basically. Yeah. Um. So I was looking forward to the time, but it wasn't. So all through summer, all since about March, all of my runs have been mostly kind of very, very sedate trails. Um, And and lots of it have just been repetitive, you know, the same field, the same towpath, the same, you know, whatever. It's all been the same, but it's been just lovely. And so to then to
3: suddenly being back to pavements is a bit
2: like, oh, oh,
3: God, it is all a little bit. Let's acknowledge it is quite depressing, isn't it? Mm. running going from running because I hadn't really done much nice summer sunny running before this year because every yeah. other race i've trained for has usually been in like march yeah so i've I've been quite used to doing long miles in in cold rainy weather before this year, and then because the bath half was in October, lots of my training happened over like August September, mm. and it was so dreamy to run like in shorts and not I mean not full-on shorts I'm not mad Mm. but um Mm. cycling shorts and um and have the sun again maybe not beating down but you know (laughs) existing yeah existing and it being lovely blue skies and not difficult to get up and and go out into and it is really hard at the moment isn't it because oh my god yeah it's dark there's not many sunlight hours it's grotty yeah Yeah.
2: it's just I mean I'm going out but it is beginning to feel a little bit more like punishment than yeah like it really did feel like reward it's really hard to get up um yeah and the weather is just it's really so shitty this week so it has been so I did I've today is because I've definitely been sort of kinder in quotes to myself since since London Marathon yeah so so today I have done nothing I didn't go for a run today and that's quite weird for me in the Mm -hmm. natural scheme of things um so it's all a bit like yeah anyway so I just I just need to figure out um timings a bit better so what I want to do is just make sure that a couple of my midweek runs I think there's one which I can't not do at half six but Try and change the timing, so I do one at lunchtime, maybe. Yeah. um And and then then that means that I've got a bit more flexibility about where where I go, and so that's a bit more exciting. But I find running at lunchtime really hard because I'm kind of you know yeah. face down in
3: work. And I, I, I do you feel know. you. I planned to do that today. That was my plan, mm. and I can already feel myself being like, eh, but I've got a meeting at this time, and I can't yeah. really And when am I going to have lunch? And and it, it does become much easier to make excuses.
2: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
3: Um, Hole,
2: so yeah. I had I had a an idea for today.
3: Oh yeah. Yeah, I know. I thought um, we were just gonna chat shit.
2: No, I had an idea. Total <gasps> idea. So my idea halfway through the podcast, um, was that um I think that we've probably had a few listeners who have started listening, but not from the start and certainly not from when you started um as co-host yes and I think there are people out there that don't really know that much about us apart from the fact that we love Janusz and um, we sing French songs from school
3: it's true Um, we've had quite a new a lot of new listeners in the last few months haven't we and they might be thinking who are these women the
2: hell are you yeah Um,
3: and so I thought maybe to underline
2: the fact of that we're not experts at all mm-hmm. um, but also yeah. just to explain
3: if who they we are. Had, already uh, if they hadn't already worked work, that, work out. that out
2: um but I thought what I could do is so I've got a list of questions that I would sort of normally ask um uh when I when I when we have interviewees on right and I Aww. thought what I could do is I could ask you these questions and you could ask me these questions and then people will find out more about us oh my goodness yes let's do
3: it I have yeah? remembered that you that you did actually send me these uh, question system, and I completely forgot about it. So let me just let me just find them. <laughs> Classic hole. <laughs> so,
2: <laughs> <laughs> so oh dear. well, sure. Uh, while you're searching, so, can you can
3: you multitask? Because I can't. Yes, should I, I wait can. Um, can you? I might not be the mo- the best crack. But, uh, <laughs> here we go. You, got it. No.
2: She doesn't that have it. That
3: was a different,
2: a different a thing. Different, there we go. I do I got send it. a lot of it. it. She's got it. She's got it. She's got it. She's got it. Right, got so, it. so I'm going to start off. So what I, uh, what we can do is we, I can either ask you all the questions and then you ask all, me all the questions or we go one each. What do you reckon? Let's go
3: one each. Like, one each. uh, let's call it, okay. New segment. <laughs> do, do, do. <laughs> Holly and Esther in conversation. And then maybe there's like the chinking of coffee oh, cups and it's like, like, like a, Yeah
2: she's such a good singer right okay yeah i love it i love this segment hey new segment hey um, welcome <laughs> to the cafe of conversation <laughs> uh, we will talk about running at some point in this possibly right so holly holly hello holly jay taylor hello. Mm-hmm. um this is quite right so here we go who are you how old
3: are you and what do you do well thank you for asking um (laughs) i'm holly taylor as you know uh i'm 26 years old uh nearly 27 26 and three quarters um (laughs) and i work for a (sighs) Fascinating brand. I don't know if you've heard of it before, called Women's Running. And we do all sorts of stuff. We do a lovely magazine. We've got a website that's just absolutely teeming with content. And we do a weekly pod where we chat with all of our pals and sometimes we catch up with them on Patreon. And in terms of my life, outside of that sometimes Mm -hmm. I do a bit of singing I watch quite a lot of reality tv Mm -hmm. and I I love I love cooking I do love doing a bit of cooking um and I like I quite you know what I quite like going out and occasionally to sort of maybe some live music or a or a a show or something like that and that's Mm -hmm. probably that's me in a nutshell I love that nutshell thank (laughs) you It's it's Brazilian. Uh, So who are you? How old are you? And what do you do? Have you
2: joined us on Patreon yet? For just a couple of quid, you'll get some lovely patron only perks, including an exclusive weekly newsletter from me and Holly, full of secrets and swearing and all sorts. We're also now doing monthly live chats over Zoom exclusively for patrons. So join us over there and you can watch us discuss Bake Off in real time. Sign up to Patreon at patreon.com forward slash (laughs) women's running. Okay, I am Esther Newman. That sounds so weird. I am Esther Newman and I am, oh God, I'm going to have to actually think about that. I'm 49. I had to. <laughs> I'm 49. Fuck. Because my birthday was the other week. I'm 49. Um So so oh. wise.
3: So oh Indicative
2: so, of wiseness. So very much almost 50. Um <laughs> so yeah, I'm 49 and in denial because I do think of myself as being 35 mostly, I think. Um, um so uh, yeah, and and uh I've got two kids. Mm-hmm. Um um, I haven't got to that bit yet, actually. What do you do? Um, so I, um, I'm, the edit- I'm the editor of Women's Running and co-host this podcast here and, um, and sort of rummage around in the other parts of the brand as well. So um, yeah, like, like Holly says, we've, we have loads of little, we've got um, a brilliant website, we've got social media channels um, and we do this and then we pop up at kind of various live events like the National Running Show um, and stuff like that. Um, podcast is definitely my one true love. Yeah. Um Yeah. We do um, love it. <clears throat> outside of that. Yeah. I've got two kids. Um, and they are, how old are they? That's a good question, isn't it? They are, they are eight and nine at the moment. Oh, because it was because Felix's birthday is a day after mine. Um, <laughs> so we both, we had a double birthday celebration. Um, and so most of the time I am, um, fighting with them about something or other um like going to gymnastics or not last mm-hmm. night which was the main argument um so that's kind of that's my my big uh hobbies outside of work is is picking arguments. shit off the floor mm. of arguments yeah that's, yeah. that's, that's that,
3: that, that I think stepping is on on lego
2: stepping on lego um saying that's enough screen time um <laughs> 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 and brush your teeth and all that kind of stuff. That's that, the, yeah, those are my main, my main big, big hobbies. Um, okay. And long suffering Dave at home who mm-hmm. um, doesn't say those things. Uh, so that's irritating. Um, uh, uh, what else do I do? I don't really do much. I do lots of reading, lots of reading, lots of screen time, lots of watching Scandi Noir. If there's, if, mm-hmm. If a Scandi noir has the sort of accent which <coughs> Dave and I were talking about this last night, which sounds a bit like da 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 da, then we like watching it. You're into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's me. Ah, okay. <laughs> um, Holly Taylor, mm. um, tell me about your experience. I think this is actually this is really interesting. What's your experience Ooh. of sport at school? So primary and secondary. What's your experience there?
3: Okay. So again, I think we've probably touched on this in previous pod episodes that we would, of course, encourage you to go back and listen to if you are new. But if you don't know any of this, um, not, not being sporty, that was a lot of my experience. So in primary mm. school, my primary school that I went to was in Cheltenham and there were quite a lot of schools there. And I feel like it was quite competitive. Like lots of people had, were the kind of parents that like took their kids to like, I don't know swimming on whatever and you know they were part of a local team and lots of people when I was in primary school it was rare that you didn't know how to like play hockey already or mm. you know have some kind of like extracurricular sport you're already doing and that wasn't really me um so uh I always felt like I was a bit behind with kind of team sports and stuff um the only thing that I did feel I was okay at actually was was cross country running. Wow. Um I wasn't I wasn't brilliant at all but I think I think I was quite determined and I didn't get bored and I would see it through mm. and so when we did have cross country stuff at school I think it was like every Friday maybe we had to um we had to run two laps of the of the pitches And people used to hide behind the cricket pavilion and, and only do one. Um, Mm -hmm. and I remember being like, no, I don't, you know, I've, I've got another, another one in me, which is unlike me as a lazy bastard, but I, (laughs) I didn't mind the idea of, of doing, of, of doing a couple of laps. And I think that was the kind of, even though I wasn't speedy, I could plod, plod, plod. Um, then in secondary school, but yeah, generally quite traumatic, lots of forgetting my gym knickers, lots mm. of, uh, feeling embarrassed in front of having to do stuff in front of other people, uh, once swimming. And I remember being like, is this good? And the teacher being like, no. <laughs> oh, no. And that's I think about that to this day. Oh, oh my, my God. God. I was just asking for reassurance and he was not giving it. He was giving oh. me the cold, hard truth. Um then uh yeah secondary more like um maybe much the same I think well so I moved to rural Wales to go to secondary school so Mm. the sport the team sports stuff was a bit different because that was much more like people hadn't necessarily had that same upbringing where they had parents who took Miffy and and gerald or whatever tarquin to rugby on a saturday morning or whatever it was much it was much more um it was much less common for people to have already kind of done some of that maybe some people Mm. had done like bits in their primary school so i felt okay uh, at the kind of team sport stuff when i first started out in secondary school because i'd had a bit of experience um but it still just wasn't something that stuck. Like I tried and I maybe enjoyed a little heyday in sort of year seven and eight where I was okay compared to some of my classmates, but mm. I didn't as they improved, I I stayed the same. I didn't kind of I didn't kind of build or grow in any of that stuff. I just wasn't that interested in it. And I didn't really care. I didn't really have an eye for it and I wasn't that fussed. The mm. only thing, again, that I probably carried on doing um was cross-country and I quite enjoyed that again not speedy but I was always the person who didn't mind putting their hand up to do the 1500 on sports day or whatever Mm -hmm. um so I did a bit of long distance running I think I felt like that was something that I could I could have a crack at because I knew I was never going to be the fastest but if the goalpost changed so it wasn't about running 100 meters as speedily as you could it was more about can you complete this distance? That was something that I felt I had a bit more control over and I could I could have a I could have a bit of a better crack at. So that was my kind of sporting experience in, in school. Oh sorry, that was very long winded. Uh, Tell me about yours, no. Esther Neiman. Wow,
2: well, Holly Taylor. Um I think I've had I think I had quite a classic the classic kind of experience <clears throat> in some ways. That um the I've got like, I've got sort of vaguely sporty parents, mm. but um, but they were both runners, um, especially my dad. So yeah. not, not really sort of team sport. And so, so I certainly at primary school, I didn't have that kind of extracurricular stuff that you're talking about then either. Yeah. Um, it, wasn't, it certainly wasn't something that was prompted. I'd like, no. Yeah, that, that just wasn't a thing at all. Um, but one thing I did do from the age of about four or five was I, I did lots of swimming and this was, <clears throat> this was because I was a, a wheezy child. And, um, after kind of being diagnosed with asthma, my, my GP suggested that swimming would be a good thing for me to do. Um, it's something to do with damp environments and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's still the case now. <clears throat> so anyway, so I, um, I did a lot of swimming, so I felt like a very, I was swimming at least three times a week. So by the time I went to secondary school, I, I was a strong swimmer and that was my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't really do anything else apart from larking about in the back garden, you know, playing badminton with my brother and stuff like that. Then what I do remember is going to secondary school and and so my primary school was quite small. My secondary school was absolutely massive. It was in Southeast London, 2,000 pupils, mm-hmm. just, just massive. And you sort of, you know, you go from you've got that change and you've got also got the change where um you know your your body is developing at that point and uh, uh but but then suddenly surrounded by loads and loads of people yeah um, and you know i felt i felt so kind of i do remember feeling really like like very body neutral you know as as lots of girls and boys do you know 9 10 11 but also being fully aware of actually being quite proud of it because I was quite strong and I was able to swim and I was able to win things at galas and stuff like that and then I go to secondary school and that completely vanished like firstly we didn't do any swimming uh, for about three or four years yeah Um, and then and then secondly everything was around team sports and and also on top of all of that I was tall very quickly so I I was like the tallest person in my class at some point when I was about 12 or 13. So all yeah. these things meant that I felt very um, uh, awkward in my body. Mm. Uh, and I, I was never fast. I was never fast at anything. So, uh, yeah, so I, I would be, um, I, I would never be picked for stuff. I remember hating things like netball, hating things where they'd make us run around um, a track and I was I was just always kind of amongst the last um people and being looked at by boys and mm-hmm. um and it just happened that my my group of friends were all sort of very petite girls. So I I just felt very kind of big. I felt very much Miranda like mm-hmm. then, um, and really sort of stuck out and stuff. So I I absolutely hated it. I hated everything. I did cross country, I hated that. Um I hated I think I think there was when when you when I got to about fourteen fifteen we were able to do slightly more exciting stuff. I remember being able to do trampolining, which I really liked. Oh, that's cool. We couldn't do that. Yeah, we did that. Um, but it was just you know it was like for twenty minutes, and and the, yeah. the rest of the PE time was was to do sort of something else. Um, uh, and you know I couldn't climb a rope, I couldn't vault a horse, I couldn't do any sort of gym required things. I've never ever been able to do a handstand all of these things and mm-hmm. i you know i'd never done gymnastics or or th- i did ballet until i was about 6 when, and and then i just thought you know blow this um, yeah so yeah so it was all bad at secondary school i'd say all bad and all very very negative so that was the end of my secondary school experience so and i certainly did no pe between 16 and 18 when we mm-hmm. were doing a levels and stuff so that's the end of that so then the question back to you then is what happened uh, at university which is a much nearer memory for you yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was only a few years ago so um so then what happened so so two questions mm. together what happened at university for you in terms of sport and then what happened afterwards and and the kind of when did running enter
3: I think uni happened in terms of sport. I don't think I did anything for the first year at all. Mm. Um And I was quite miserable, actually, in my first year of uni. I, I cheered up by the end. But the first year wasn't really my favorite memory luckily overall when I look back I, I absolutely loved it on the whole the, mm. that those first kind of couple of terms I found it really difficult because I didn't I had that thing of I didn't immediately get on with my flatmates and I went to a really sporty uni as well I went to Bath uni which mm. has got a big like you know it's it, it, it's big business for them I think the kind of sport thing like they've got a huge gym lots of people who go there end up as like Olympians and stuff Mm. and it's like and so I always felt slightly out of place with that that lots of my of my housemates were people who had come to Bath because they well because they either want they, they were studying a science And then in their free time, they wanted to like really pursue rowing or whatever it was. Mm. And that was the complete opposite to me. I did one of the only humanities courses at the uni. And I really wanted to do stuff like drama and singing and uh, other ways of fucking about.
1: Mm. And I didn't
3: want to do, I wasn't interested in sports. So I didn't do anything for the first year because I felt a little bit intimidated by it all. And I didn't really have friends at the uni a couple of friends on my course, but most of the friends that I made were from Bath Spa. Yeah. Um, which is the other university in Bath. Welcome back to Bath, everybody. Uh, and your <laughs> virtual tour of the week. Um, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I didn't do anything for the first year. Then in the second year, I think entirely bodily related because I gained quite a lot of weight in the first year of uni. I think it's quite normal for a lot of people that mm. nobody explains to you that if you suddenly go from never drinking before really to drinking every single night then <laughs> there may be some effects on on your body mm-hmm. um and uh and so my body changed quite a lot um and also I think I was doing quite a lot of comfort like binge eating yeah, when I was yeah. in first year as well because I didn't feel very comfortable and I missed home and I hadn't really mm-hmm. found my feet with my group of friends yet and stuff so um so I think it was entirely like negative body image related that I started going for the occasional run when I was in second year uh then because I did French and Spanish as my course I went and I lived in Paris for a bit and Madrid for a bit and I didn't do any exercise when I was there Mm -hmm. um and um then in my final year again I think I went for like a run sort of once or twice a term (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. Th- that were just sort of because i was feeling a bit rubbish about myself but it's always been running i suppose that i've gone to mm-hmm. um and actually in final year of uni too that was when i started doing yoga quite a lot ah. um oh, i'd yeah. forgotten about that but that was when i first started paying to go to yoga classes and mm-hmm. not just doing the occasional yoga with adrian who, which is brilliant but yeah. um, actually going and like paying to go to a gym so that i could learn a bit more about it and and get a bit more into it um so that was, that was me in uni, not massively sporty either. Tell me about you. Well, I was going
2: to, well, so then what, after then, oh, sorry. so yeah. because it's quite a short hop for you from uni to now, mm. what happened in the, in the, in the interim there? So how did you get into, basically, how did you get into running?
3: Well, because I joined, I hope nobody thinks I'm a fraud for this, but I joined um, the publishing company that Esther and I work for now. I think I literally had like a week's holiday after between uni and starting. I just kind of went straight into it. Mm. And I was initially interested in working on the music titles because we used to publish quite a lot of music magazines. And that was what I was interested in working on. And I wanted to do more writing and I wanted to focus on that. And then a job, I was starting to maybe lose a little bit of steam and not feel massively challenged always in in that job. And I just felt like I was slightly ticking along and maybe I need something to shift. And at that precise time, which was maybe about a year into working there, a Mm. job opening came up on Women's Running and I thought, not massively particularly at the time,
0: fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com
3: and with, with with the running so much but particularly the women's interests and women's health and women's bodies and stuff i was like this is something i've always been interested in and passionate about and so i started working for women's running and i learned more about running every day from esther and from you know, working with other contributors and stuff that we have on the, on the magazine and putting content up on the website and starting to write stuff and learning more. And then you went, Shall we do the bath half? And I mm. went, Fuck it. <laughs> and then I started running. Yeah, she <laughs> and that was kind of what happened.
2: <laughs> I loved that. I loved putting that email out. And you were the first person to respond. And oh, it's because we were. I? Yeah, it's because the company was raising money for Mind, mm. and um, I just I I put an email out just to the whole company saying w- who would like to raise money for Mind and train to run a h- half, and I can help you do that. And you were the first person to respond. And your running up to that point had been quite minimal. I knew oh, I knew yeah. it had been minimal, and you said it had been minimal.
3: And I it was never, like, certainly never used anything proper. Like I couldn't tell you how off how. How um how far I ran when I did run like I would just mm. run for a bit and then get tired and red and come home. This was the first time when we started because you gave me a training plan. I did. That was the first time, and I remember I I had to download Strava, and I used to do this thing that like I used I got map my run. Yeah. Um. The I think it's Under Armour that do that, and it's I'm not slagging it off. It's probably a great app, but I didn't know what I was doing, so I would try and follow routes because i i didn't think oh i'll just run about a kind of place that i roughly know and a route that i roughly know until i reach the distance that i need to achieve i would really freak out about the um the kind of adventure aspect of just going out there so i wanted to yeah. like, plan a route plan it. yes and i would download map my run and i would look where if people run in my local area Mm. and from the off terrible idea because I hadn't thought remotely about elevation or anything like that so I took I went on a run that said this is a 5k run and it was straight uphill from (laughs) the very start and I think I went with Doug because Doug was like I'm going to support you and run with you and Uh, Doug has I think with maybe the exception of one charity 5k I don't think he has run a, a a, a meter since. Yeah, we had I a huge that. argument. Yeah. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. Oh no. It was horrid and I oh. burst into tears because I thought we'd done like 3 miles and we'd done like 0. 0.8 or something. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah, but oh. it slowly transformed. I remember the first time I did a mile nonstop on my own. Mm -hmm. in the dark not really knowing where I was going and definitely not being safe at all I wasn't wearing anything reflective or yeah but I did it and then I thought oh okay if I can do a mile only 12 more to go yeah
2: (laughs) (laughs) totally (laughs) underlines what you are like as a person I mean it in the in the bestest and nicest way that you just you say yes to like everything like I do yeah totally
3: sometimes to my detriment (laughs) can you make a Swiss meringue Uh, yeah yeah (laughs) can I fuck (laughs) but I do like saying yes to things and that was something that I I is one of my biggest pleased that I did say yes to this day Mm. Because it really got me kick started with thinking with feeling like I could achieve things that I didn't know I necessarily could before, and it was awesome, and it also made my fitness journey a lot cheaper because I missed out that before yeah. then I did spend a year before we started training for the bath half together my My sport was not non existent in that first year of working at anthem together. Mm. Um, because I did pay for a gym membership and I did go to spinning and yoga and stuff sometimes which I still do sometimes but I don't pay for a gym mm. membership anymore because running is a lot a lot cheaper so it is it yeah. is. yeah
2: yeah like so so with my university days um, I think because I remember I remember um, outside of school when I was in secondary school just go back that little bit um, I remember going for little runs with my mum and my dad so mm-hmm. I, I'd I'd watch them and I would I then would do that so but it's the sort of thing where I would do it like once every six months and occasionally run around the block which was one mile I remember that being one mile yeah and, and I found it very very hard so when I went to secondary school no not secondary school uh university first year nothing mm-hmm. um second classic. Year, classic um <laughs> second year um I did go for a run I did I did do some running um because we I was living in a flat with two friends and there was a particular that we were right by by the river and so we'd I I also went to university in Bath but I didn't go to Bath University I went to Bath Spa I went to the other one
3: yeah Um, which is where all the no offense but where all the cool people were at Bath Spa to be
2: fair uh, in brackets all the stupid people because you only needed two e's to get in um, but mm. I had to, um, yeah, so I would, I got into running just a bit then. And actually I was running then with um, my friend Laura, who I uh, have been on oh, for once. Oh, yeah. yeah. So she was my flatmate then. So that was something horrible. Like, hang on a minute. If I was 20, I was like 28 years ago. Fucking hell. So this was, you weren't even born when I was doing this. I was butter. Oh. Uh, <sighs> not even a sprinkle
3: limer. in my whatever
2: yeah, yeah anyway um <laughs> so so i was doing that and then um and then after and i wasn't doing it very often i wasn't doing it very often i was i was too busy getting drunk um so then after that mm-hmm. um i remember i so i i joined a publishing company not this one um another one um sort of a year or so after i'd finished university and i joined a gym so, so my kind of then my my experience of sport at that point were things like um, kind of aerobics classes. That's I quite like to go into these aerobics classes. And I do that once or twice a week, mm-hmm. and that I think is really when my. Um, my mind shifted in terms of what sport and exercise was so i'd had this horrible experience at secondary school and then i started going to these kind of classes i remember thinking oh i like this i like standing at the back of the class yeah everyone is not no one's looking at me they're all looking at themselves or the the instructor um and so that that felt fine I felt able to do that and I was going it was a social thing so I was going with a friend from work that's really nice and we'd go at lunchtime so that was quite nice I had a
3: realization about this the other day as well sorry to interrupt your answer but Mm. I wonder if you relate to this that I think going to classes like that sometimes I find really really nice for anxiety because you're told what to do Mm. so like if I can't summon the energy to run sometimes because that all feels a little bit too scary in my brain it's like oh but what if I don't know where I'm going and what if I reach a dead end and what if there's road works or whatever yeah that doing a fitness class where I'm just following what an instructor is telling me to do yes I find really hard but like something about it is also quite therapeutic and freeing for my anxiety because I completely relinquish control and I go I'll just do exactly what this person's telling me to do I don't have to think about it it's really I nice
2: absolutely thoroughly agree mm. I have like I did yoga yesterday I uh, and you don't it, it would take an enormous amount for me to walk out of that class before the end of the class for instance you know yeah. or, to, or to not or to just sit there and go no I I I am not going to do a downward dog thank you very much you do mm-hmm. what you're told I do what I'm told I'm a good girl so yeah, yeah there, is, there is <laughs> absolutely a thing in that so um yeah so I did yeah lots of lots of classes um, joined two or three different gyms, depending on which was cheapest or which was nearest wherever I was living at the time. And then, so that was kind of most of my 20s. And then the latter half of my 20s, um, I can't remember what, I think it was probably because Laura did the bath half marathon. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think the year after that, or a couple of years after that, I decided, you know what, I'll do it. Um, so I think the first time I did the bath half I was maybe 28 so I was a good deal older than you are now mm-hmm. um and it the first time I did it it wasn't horrific I did it and it was fine um and so I then continued to so I would like train for that every year I did it three or four years on a trot um and it meant that so I was basically going to the gym in my off months then I would train for the half marathon yeah and then I would, I'd detrain and then train and then detrain kind of thing and that was kind of my pattern um so I was doing that carried on running in that pattern right now and
3: loving it very much <laughs> <laughs> it's a good pattern to be in de-training d training de-training it doesn't get the credit it deserves absolutely <laughs> um so
2: yeah so I did I did that for quite a while um and then I was picking it all back up again um uh then 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 I guess babies come along that mm-hmm. basically fucked everything for some time um uh, yeah and then I, and, and also because um, I think I've probably spoken about this but yeah and no, I spoke about this with Kate um, when we had Kate on the podcast that yeah. there was definitely a bit because I was definitely a regular runner and I remember being a regular runner for the whole time that I've been with Dave so we've been together yeah. for about how long have we been together um 12 years so right from the start I've been a regular runner then but when I was trying to conceive I then stopped because of miscarriages um, and that doesn't mean that that's that people should do that. That was just my experience. Um, so I I was just I I'd, I'd got I got mm-hmm. the, the the shivers and was like oh, I'm not I don't want to do this. I w- I was worried about shaking
3: the baby out. That does not happen. That is yeah. not a thing. That does um, sound very <laughs> silly when you say it, but I can totally yeah. understand that when that when you're pregnant and you're worried about it and you've had traumatic experiences that it it would you would feel. You would feel exactly. that.
2: Mm. Yeah. So it did so after having both of the kids, it took me a little while to get back into it. Um but then started slowly getting into it again. Um after Felix, maybe a couple of years after Felix. So so really my recent experience is it feels very recent. It feels like it's only been in the last six years. Mm-hmm. Um and um but it feels like it's just been and it's a product of working here, isn't it? It's yeah. just been for me, it's just been getting better and better and better and better and like I remember six years ago being plagued with injuries um and that would just it, it seemed to be a curse of my running life it was always a calf going a particular calf muscle would would um tear and and then I wouldn't be able to run for three four months and it was it just went on and on and on and weirdly the thing that has fixed me has been running more not running less yeah yeah and d- doing more strength work and doing more yoga and you know all that kind of stuff all that all that has meant has clearly meant that i 've got stronger legs and i 'm working different muscles so i 've been able to kind of you know protect myself more and um, mm-hmm. yeah so it's all been it 's all been amazing so sorry i 've been rambling for ages so no no, I was really interested in that that 's very sweet. um I was barely interested in myself um, <laughs> <laughs> what I was going to ask you was um I'm going to skip a few of these questions but what I really want to know are what yeah this I am interested in this what are your plans next year What? how do you, what do you want to do with your running next year or maybe um, in the next two years let's give you two years
3: okay so I think obviously in terms of plans that we've already got set in stone we're both going to be running another half marathon in March yeah the Paris half if you haven't heard us banging on about it then please do join us. We've got a special package and you can come and hang out with us for a few days in Le Gay Paris. <laughs> <laughs> what, does, what does that mean? I don't know. Is that what people call it?
2: <laughs> oh, no, I'm just saying because you're the bilingual one. So, Oh,
3: of course. Yes. Yeah, sorry, mm. I forgot. <laughs> Which bodes well. Um, so we are doing that and that means that I will automatically have to start training again kind of in like December time. I think I'm going to start properly training again, properly, properly, properly. (laughs) 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 Um, And uh, I mean, I think beyond that, in terms of what I'd really like to achieve,
2: Mm.
3: I don't know because I get nervous. Like I would love to say, I think the most motivating thing for me is distance similar yes. to you, I think it's like, I, I'm not massively motivated by speed. And no. so just knowing that I can do some, I can achieve a distance is really exciting. And I know plenty of people to be fair, who run at about my pace, who have run marathons, and they've done amazingly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not trying to qualify for, you know, the Paris 2024, or whatever it is. Yeah, but I I do feel like I do feel nervous to say that I would like to to train for a marathon at some point in the next couple of years because in my heart I would like that but in my head I get anxious about the fact that I have found it difficult for the yeah. last couple of miles you know I probably was the best trained for this half marathon that we just did there mm-hmm. um well, I don't know, actually, I, I maybe I wasn't quite as trained as the first time I did it. But I felt the most confident about that run. I, I ran the whole mm. way, which was my A goal. I um, and I really didn't feel like I was knackered and struggling until mile like 11 and a half. Mm. So but I worry about the fact that those last two miles I was so, so dead. And I was crying. And then I was like, I can't cry because then I can't breathe. <laughs> oh. And I had to rely on Swiss family out the door with their cups of water. And <laughs> I I just, I was so, so knackered that I worry about how on earth I would be able to do, how I would mentally cope with the fact that that was only the halfway point yeah. and how I would physically cope and whether I would be able to do it. Yeah. Those are the, those are all my deepest, darkest secrets and thoughts about marathon running. I get that. I get that. So, but also, so, I've never trained with gels, or you know, I've never done it. I, I feel like there are things that I could do that would potentially increase my stamina and my endurance. Yeah. I also never do strength training. Let's be honest. No, she never does. No, I, I do some <laughs> yoga, and I'm like, well, I did a plank today. Oh, be kind. Hashtag be kind. <laughs> oh honey.
2: oh but, but if if, mm. if if a marathon isn't your goal in the next two years and why should it it doesn't have to be it's just just because you work within running doesn't mean that you have to be running a marathon and I think that uh, that is something that we do worry about that we feel oh, like so much that we have to somehow be these amazing running experts or kind of running huge distances and we don't we can just be us it's fine yeah um, so and I'm I'm certainly never ever going to push you into doing anything that you don't feel comfortable doing. So if you if you didn't do a marathon over the next couple of years mm. what kind of things would be fun? What kind of running stuff would you like to do that would be that you would look forward to?
3: I'd quite like to get a little bit more into trail running. Yeah. I think I get no- I get really nervous about it because there is this thing in my brain and we kind of touched on it and I know that Anna um, McNuff, enough. sorry, oh, Anna McNuff. No. There's so many yeah. Annas in our life. So much we much love. Annas, yeah. this, is, this is Anna McNuff who says this, that about the adventure thing and the fact that mm. women are maybe, are maybe slightly less inclined to feel confident just like going out and not maybe having a plan and not necessarily yeah. knowing where you're going all the time. And I think that there's, I I don't know whether that's just women, but I think there's definitely some truth in that for me that I'm, I'm, I've always been slightly neurotic and I do struggle with anxiety and I do often worst case scenario things and I spiral a little bit and something feels like, a little bit like I'm a balloon and somebody's cutting my string off if I just go off and do something and I have no one with me and I don't have a plan and I don't know what it's going to be like. I find that really a a real obstacle for me and that was a big obstacle I had to get over even with just road running to start with and now it's now I know my roots and I know where I am. I I have a bit more, I get a bit less nervous before I go because I have a bit more of an idea of like how it's going to go but it's still it's the unknown that I find really frightening to this day still that i i do get jitters before i go on a long run or something because i think oh god i haven't run this distance in such a long time i don't know what it's going to be like and i can't control it all and i get panicky um however that being said in a slightly negative light i think it's really important for me to push past that and i think trail is probably the thing that i could really most see myself being motivated to push past that in order to do yeah um Look, I, I really like the idea. I was talking to Doug the other day about the Jurassic Coast Ultra. Mm, yeah. And I'm definitely not for a minute saying that I would run the full Ultra or whatever. But just the idea of, of um of walking or walk running a distance like that and really, really enjoying the scenery and it being a bit more about the challenges of like different elevations and uh, because I I really like hill walking stuff like my dad was a mountaineer that sounds like he was that was his job he didn't get up and go to the mountains every day but he was like big into mountaineering um yeah all of his life when he was like my age and um and he talked about that a lot when I was a kid and, and that was something that I've always had a bit of a I've always been really interested in and like whenever we go on holiday with our friends, we usually like my favorite holidays are things where we'll do a bit of a mixture of like relaxing, but also let's see if we can do the three peaks. Let's see if we, like, yeah, yeah. I really like challenges like that. Yeah, And, um, and so I'd really like to incorporate my running into that. I'm not for a minute saying that I'm going to like run up Snowden, but yeah. I, I, I like the idea of of trail and having a little bit of like a thing to conquer yeah I think that's something that I get motivated by and having beautiful scenery and being able to go oh my god look I'm in this yeah incredible national park or I'm in this like that that's really motivating to me
2: yeah yeah
3: yeah, yeah. I, I, I totally get that I totally tell get me that. about you because you you now being a being a, a two-time marathon runner I know how what like where do you go next what do you feel would be on your kind of running wish list well
2: um I, we've got loads of similarities because um i i it's so comforting to to have realized that speed is not my thing i, I mm. i'm so and it never has been i've never been fast at anything um so even when i was even when i was good at swimming in mm. in. prime and even when i won medals it would only be because the person in front of me was disqualified so
3: <laughs> the only race i won in primary Literally. school was this was the the tortoise race i remember which was Uh-oh. it was the, for the slowest you had to crawl mm. to the finish
2: oh holly taylor i know so cute so cute um yeah so i've yeah i've never been fast at anything certainly certainly mm-hmm. never ever fast running so um it is really, really lovely for me to think to myself, do you know what? I'm not going to head for that PB. I'm not. Yeah. I, and, and obviously, it, it is, it, you know, you, you have to kind of accept a different mindset when you go from half to full marathon in terms of your. you can't just times the amount that you ran uh, for your half marathon and times that by two and say, oh, that's how long it's going to take me to do a, a full marathon. You just, you have to run slower. And yeah, has to down, and I think one of the reasons why I enjoyed, I, I think I can say, I think I yeah, I think it's true to say that, um, I, you know, over this past year that I've done three or four, I can't remember now, three three half marathons, and and the London, um, which is quite a nice clutch of medals and stuff. Yeah, but I'd say my favorite of all of it was the London. And it's because I prefer that pace.
3: Um, Do you think marathon might be your distance?
2: I don't know. Um, I think like for the next couple of years, what I want to do is try, really, really try and focus on, like you said, like on distance and, and location as opposed to PBs. I don't want to bring my 10K PB down. I don't want to run any 5K or 10K races. I find them too fast And I don't like that feeling Um, unless I am training. So if I'm training for a half marathon, I will do tempo runs at that distance. Mm -hmm. But that's not with crowds. That's not trying to sort of, that's not trying to get a medal or anything. That's just my run. So I know that I can stop if I feel really, really uncomfortable. Um, But I would like over the next couple of years, I would like to do London again. Um, If I'm able, I I would really quite like to do another city marathon. Um, yeah but I don't know which um but I also want to do an ultra next summer and I'd like to push that so I think that that so because ultras are normally trail aren't they and mm-hmm. I think um I am very interested in doing um so the ultra that I'm that we're looking at that me and my friend are looking at for next summer is more like um is, is a classic next step up from marathon so it would just be a 50k um And I think for the year after, I wouldn't mind trying to push that distance a bit further. Um, I'm really interested in the idea of doing a 24-hour thing as well. Yeah. I was just reading something this morning from uh, an email from someone that was talking about a 10K loop that they were going to be doing. over, And that loads of things do there. So it's it's, it's a really, there's lots of local races that do this because obviously it's easier to find a 10K loop. Mm-hmm. Than, a, than a 100k loop whatever and you do a 10k loop usually well not usually but but lots of times those 10k loops can be in quite nice areas and you just do the same 10k loop so you do one 10k loop you stop you have a drink have something to eat then you do another one and, you know that, that carries on and then you try and do as many loops as you can within a certain time frame and that sounds knackering, but it is something I'm quite interested in. That's
3: yeah. that I've never I've never heard of that. I can definitely yeah. see you getting stuck into that. I think I would. I think I'm a bit more of a point to point gal. Mm-hmm. Like I do like to feel like I'm I'm moving somewhere, Going somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Um. But I I'm with you on the on the overnight thing. Like I know we've joked many a time and oft about <laughs> camping and about shitting in buckets and stuff (laughs) but genuinely I would really really like to again I think you'd have to have a you'd have to have a pal I would never want to do this on my own no but if I had someone with me then I would like to do an adventure because that was something that I really loved that I kind of missed off my sporting experiences in school answer Mm -hmm. that I don't know about you but did you ever do anything like um, obviously, like D of E and those kind of things. For any American or listeners that aren't from the UK, that, that I don't know whether people know what that is, but it's like a um a scheme that you do in lots of schools where you've got to do some kind of extracurricular stuff, and some of it is an expedition, some of it is like volunteering, some of it, but it's like an all encompassing kind of thing that's meant to encourage you to be a well-rounded human, sort of yeah. thing, isn't it?
2: I I love the concept of mm. the Duke of Edinburgh. Um, I love it, but it was not something that was offered in catford in mm. nineteen eighty-five. Unfortunately, yeah. So, no, that wasn't something I, I've. I and I think I would have loved that. Yeah, I think you thing. would have
3: done too, because it's the same thing. Like those are some of my happiest memories of sport. I'm doing inverted doodahs, but,
2: funny is, yeah.
3: but I think. Why am I doing that? Because that is sport. That's definitely sport like this. It was like endurance walking. It was hiking. And we were lucky enough, obviously, that not only did. Yeah, we have D of E offered at our school, but also we lived in in the Brecon Beacons. And so we did expeditions where we would camp overnight and we would climb the beacons and it would be like a whole thing. And it was so, so fun. And I still feel like there's something really freeing about that. Oh, god, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. even as a 26-year-old and I can can stay up and and laugh with my friends and talk about boys until 2 o'clock in the morning and eat marshmallows if I want to any night of the bloody week. But there's still something that like – I wouldn't do that unless I was going on like a camping trip. Like there's yeah. something about it that's like there's that I still feel excited by the idea that there's like no teachers, no parents. <laughs> you're just off on your own in the sticks and you've got to sustain your little camp and and you've got this mission that you're on and it's all pretty low stakes but it feels exciting and yeah. I loved that stuff. That was that was a huge part of what I really enjoyed when I was in in oh
2: school. man so, and, and and obviously when it comes to trail running like hiking is such a huge part of that learning mm. to hike and and kind of building up your strength around that kind of hiking thing and actually this has made me think I was thinking about this this week it's um it's reframing it's reframing things and and one thing that I found very very hard to get my head around mm-hmm. was the word sport yeah and and I think like you know I, I joined women's running kind of four years ago and I remember that it came up quite a lot that um that sort of people that we were talking to would talk about our sport or the sport that we do mm. and and I just didn't I, I think of sport as being football netball tennis
1: yeah you
2: know, it, yeah that, like team sports yeah team sports I don't see running a sport which is I know that's crazy But I don't. And actually, when I start thinking about it as a sport, that then makes it feel less fun because it's a bit like calling housework chores or something. Giving it the wrong name makes it harder for me in my head. And weirdly, I was talking to my son who is absolutely not sporty I'm using inverted commas now Mm -hmm. he is he would not consider himself sporty he doesn't he he would actively say that he he wouldn't want to join in a kind of team sport thing that's just not that's just not where he he like what the 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 things that he likes to do and yet he was talking about looking forward to today Mm -hmm. because it was PE and I said what's good about PE he said oh I don't like PE but after we finish PE we play dodgeball or we play catch the flag And I was like, "Is that a game?" And he was like, "Yeah."
3: So that is PE, but it's like, yeah, but it's like this idea that that if we haven't grown up thinking that we're super sporty, that like sport bad, but games and activities that get us outside and get our blood pumping and are are good and fun, yeah. But and it's also about what we're calling
2: them because Mm. he's saying he doesn't like the bit that the teachers are calling PE. Yeah, he likes the bit after PE where they say, "Right now, we're going to play a game." He likes that. So why can't it be called? Cool? I mean, yeah, why aren't you- we
3: teaching kids that that's still physical education? Yeah. It's physical, yeah. and you're learning. Surely that's yeah. the, the broad I definition.
2: I know, but it's kind of it's it's making them, you know. You, you, if you if you don't like what what is labelled underneath the word sport or underneath the word PE, then you, you think of yourself as not being sporty or not liking PE. Yeah, but it, I think Ted is sporty and physical. But it's, he likes these other games; these other kind of slightly less kind of formal games, yeah, kind of, you yeah, things that that are kind of more interesting. But it means that he's good at running. He's good at kind of dodging. He's you know, it's like. <sighs> Anyway, it's it's trying to, like with all of this, it was trying, I wish that I had had at secondary school and I wish you had had at secondary school, someone there who could say, you don't have to do this to compete. You can just do this to see how it feels. And yeah. why don't you try this thing? And if you don't like that, try this thing. And if you don't yeah. like that, try this thing. And you know, esther you're a good swimmer so why don't you do a bit more swimming or why don't you have you thought about running just on your own mm. why don't you just run with with a friend who's not going to try and beat you or
3: why don't you you know if that's even the to the extent of the handstands and um like i remember when we were in primary school people would do handstands and then the ultimate goal was do a handstand and then flip over so you were doing a crab Ah,
2: yes. Felix yeah. is learning this currently. Yeah.
3: yeah, and it's terrifying, in my yeah. opinion. Handstand to walk over. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really scary because you've got to do that flip thing and then you kind of jolt when you land and you feel like you're going to yeah. break your elbows. And um, and uh, I remember doing that in, in the playground in school and not maybe doing it very well. Maybe I fell or maybe I... and maybe people laughed i can't really remember what happened but i just remember the feeling of like oh i couldn't do that and Mm. you know some person probably rosie abbott or somebody could do it perfectly and and then thinking well i'm not going to do that anymore and i really enjoyed doing stupid stuff like that like doing handstands and flipping over into but it really made me be like and and it's interesting how your brain when you're young shuts those channels off like now yeah. I would never do that because that is something that I've chalked up as scary and mm. my brain has almost closed that pathway of thinking that trying that thing is a good idea it's gone no 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 no. Mm. whereas Doug backflips around the bloody place to his heart con- heart's content yeah
2: he, I, know. He, I mean he
3: doesn't you know he doesn't he doesn't come in in the morning with a walking on his hands with a cup of tea and his big toe for me or something but like he isn't scared of if of 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 trying something like that of like if somebody said do a flip he would give it a crack and not be scared of falling over but I'm 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 physically there's a block yeah because of experiences as a child where I thought that didn't go that didn't that didn't result in the way that I wanted it to and I feel like a twat now
2: right okay so bearing all that experience in mind and bearing yeah. your experience now in mind and bearing in mind what you want to do over the next couple of years and stuff what would your piece of advice be to someone to to okay to a younger holly what would your piece of advice be to a younger holly in terms of trying to encourage them to move their body
3: what would you what would you say i think i would say it doesn't matter and i know this is so cliche but it doesn't matter what you look like doing it. It really doesn't matter what you look like doing it. Don't focus so much on trying to look like you know how to play netball or look like you aren't struggling running or look like you're doing the perfect down dog and focus on feeling those things and experiencing those things and enjoying them and, and not worrying about, The way that they're perceived I think I was really caught up on sport being something that the cool girls did when I was in school and so it was always about how do I look doing this and does this look am I am I am I giving off that I'm cool and like I look like like I look like I know what I'm doing I never just went let's have a let's have a fun time and play a game around us or do a you know run a 200 meters or something and just see what see what happens it was always focusing on yeah either the competitive element of trying to look like I was doing the best at it or mm. at least look like I was attractive or confident or which I, of which I, I was none of, of those of those things mm-hmm. I wish I just not cared and I'd just gone just have fun with it like a like a boy would yeah yeah what about like you what would you say to young Esther and primary school I don't know
2: what I would say because in primary school I was fine. I I don't know what I'd oh, say. Oh yeah, sorry, you were. It was more. Right. Uh, what would you say to Esther in secondary school? I think I don't know. It's it's tough. I I'm not sure that there's anything that I could say that would change that experience particularly. Mm. Um, but I I I wish there was some way in which we could we could like suddenly inject a bazillion pounds into education into state education which would mean that mm. young girls particularly teenagers were had the ability to try different things that enabled them to move their bodies and to find the things that made their bodies feel good yeah. and for them to feel confident and strong and I wish I'd had more opportunities to try stuff like, like for instance, yoga was just didn't even exist. Oh,
3: yeah, I don't remember um, a bit
2: there being yoga
3: in school. Yeah, ever. my
2: kids, my kids do yoga at school. Oh, I um, love that. I know it's great. Um, and I, th- you know, it's, it's the being able to have access to different things that would make you feel good. So yeah, I I don't know what I'd say to me as a 15 year old who was desperately shy and you know possibly quite rotund and and definitely comparing myself to other girls who f- found moving their bodies effortless If it, it felt like to me yeah um, me too I think I think um like that is still that one big thing that Lisa Jackson said which has completely stuck with me over the last few years which is that if there was anyone who was wondering about whether they would be up for running any kind of distance whatsoever, I think a great thing to do is just to watch the end of the marathon when the five hour plus people are coming in um, yeah and and have a good old good old look at all the different bodies, particularly because we are women, and that 's what we think about quite a lot, mm. and to look at all those bodies that are coming in. And to look at those people and to look how happy they are, to look what they've achieved and to kind of realize that these are normal people who have achieved a really, really amazing thing on that day. And they are there as proof that we can achieve things that we didn't think that our bodies were capable of when we were teenagers. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So So I think, yeah. This is your race. I do think that this is your or this is my it's my race but it's also yours yeah (laughs) I think that's a really important motto if you are remotely anxious about what other people are thinking of you like everybody's focused on their race everybody's just Mm. trying to do their thing and yeah I think I use that all the time in life even now do you yeah for other stuff This is my Sainsbury's. This is yeah. I said it to Doug the other night because we were at a we were at a gig, and um and I it it was a week night and I was anxious about having too many drinks and Doug was like, "This is your race. You don't need to. You don't need to feel pressured if you don't want another pint. This is your race." I say it all the time for everything. It's the best. It's the best. That's so cool. I love that. (gasps)
2: <gasps> it oh, it's best. a
3: life a life philosophy, isn't it? Well, we started talking about pubes and we finished talking about life philosophies. Uh, I what mean, a journey.
2: That that is a journey, isn't
3: it? <laughs> <laughs> I do want to I know that we have massively wanged on this episode. Though we have. It has been life affirming for me. Hey. But I really, I promised you I'd read you this reader email. And we had like four that we wanted to read. And I'm so sorry. I promise we'll read some more reader emails. And uh, we got some stuff from Patreon too. Um, But I promised Esther that I would read her this today. Do it. Because the saga continues. Somebody emailed and said, She's called Ruby. I hope she doesn't mind me sharing her name. She said, Hey, both. I grew up in Paris. Very excited about the Paris half, by the way. And we'll definitely be there with you. Thank (gasps) you. and can confirm Kelly L'Adaptation Anniversaire is not a song (gasps) no (laughs) (laughs) genuinely shocked I know she's put not in bold and caps as well in (gasps) the 18 years I spent living in Paris the first time I heard that song was from my housemate at uni in Bristol no I know so French people do not sing Kelly L'Adaptation Anniversaire Oh I know it's uh, we've made it up. She said love you both, love the pod. But Shit. but, sh- but yeah, confirmed. K- no K-dodacted one in any I- is not a fret. We thought we were maybe we we were we were being we were French. I thought, I did I did think
2: I was like basically Parisian. Yeah. ton <laughs> Jean-Vier, Feltier, mars, Avril, Yeah, my. then it just said them, Chouin, didn't it? Chouin. Chouin.
1: Oh no, I believe Well, it. there we
3: go. The French oh, do no. not sing Caleductum. I mean, it's too jovial for them. We should have realised.
2: Oh, I bet they've got an English version because obviously they are so better at what's languages than we are. What's the date of your birthday? What's the month of your birth birth of birthday? Your birthday? <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening do please email us at wrpodcast at anthem.co.uk with any questions or running stories as we'd love to include them in a future podcast this podcast was recorded over Zencaster the editor and composer was David Newman please hit like and subscribe that way you won't miss the next episode for just £2 a month, you can become one of our supporters on Patreon and you'll receive a special patron-only weekly newsletter from me and Holly. Plus, you can come and chat to us live every month too. Go to patreon.com forward slash women's running to find out more. Happy running.